In today's show, let's look back at what we can take away from NBA Summer League. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Guys, Summer League, it's almost done. We've got like two days left, um, but... Yeah, a lot of the big names have already stopped playing. These games get a little bit wacky and wild towards the end of the summer league. It's like the end of the NBA regular season, to be honest. So what I'm going to do is just recap what we've seen, what's important, what isn't important, what we don't overreact to, and what we don't overreact to is basically everything. But let's talk about summer league performances, and let's get into it right away. Starting off with the Atlanta Hawks. Really impressed with Jalen Johnson. He looked energetic. He averaged 19 points, almost 10 boards, 1.3 blocks. The shooting numbers were pretty strong. He doesn't take huge amounts of threes, but he attempted three per game, and he hit him at 42%. He hit his free throws. It is obviously small sample size, but I thought he looked just unbelievably aggressive and too good for everybody out there, which is what you want to see. Now, he's not going to get many minutes behind John Collins and the Italian cock Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! But... I would say it was a pretty good selection by the Hawks at that spot. I thought uh, Sharif Cooper looked excellent. What's my theme music? Yeah, the shooting still is going to need some work. He, But he hit 39% of his threes. He was 51% overall, averaged 18 and 9. Look, the passing was there. He got to the rim when he wanted. Uh, I think it's still ludicrous that he fell as far as he did. Again, rotation role is not going to be huge for him this season. D-line right, Lou Williams will be backing up Trey Young most likely. But I can see Sharif pushing into a full-time contract by next season. And Skylar Mays, not on the roster at the moment. Maybe they bring him back for a two-way. He averaged 19 points. He was all right. I don't think there's a huge NBA future for Skylar Mays. But he was okay out there for Atlanta. And I think that's uh, you can't ask for too much more than that. If we go to Boston, they had a bunch of NBA guys on their roster. So there's a bunch of guys for us to talk about here. Um, Let's start with a guy that everyone's going to be wanting to talk about, and that is Peyton Pritchard. Pritchard um, basically has been the number one fantasy player in all of Summer League. He averaged over 20 points, nine assists, two steals. He shot 58% from three. So obviously that's not a real number that's going to be able to continue. With Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart and Josh Richardson, the minutes for Pritchard are probably going to be limited this season. He fell off at the end of last year as well. So while this is really good, I don't think this is any sort of indication that Pritchard is a sneaky fantasy guy. To me, he's still the fourth guard on this squad. And there's just not enough upside in terms of minutes. I thought Aaron Nesmith was pretty important as well. Um, 19 points, three threes. He shot the ball well. Now, there is a rotation spot available there for him as the backup two or backup three behind Tatum, Jalen Brown, Josh Richardson, however that wants to work. He's going to be a three-point streamer and not too much more than that. Carson Edwards also hit some threes. I don't think he's an NBA caliber player, and I think he'll barely play this season. While Sam Houses, their new two-way guy, he hit two and a half threes per game as well and shot the ball well like so many Celtics did, 46% from three. That's what he's known for. He is a three-point shooter. Um, I don't think we need to get too interested in him. Bruno Fernando was brought over in the Tristan Thompson trade. I wouldn't say he um, separated himself particularly well. And I'm not sure he's going to get on the court too much. And Romeo Langford continues to be, I think, disappointing. He can be a really good defender, but Neesmith and Pritchard, to me, are ahead of him. Obviously, Richardson, Smart, Brown, Schroeder, all those guys are ahead of Langford. He might be in the rotation. He may not be, but not a fantasy guy. Well, Johan Begarin, 
who will play back over in Paris this season, averaged six points in 25 minutes. Yamada also is trying to make the Celtics roster. He was a second-round pick last year. I thought he played well to, you know, tenaciously on defense, but uh, the stats are pretty rough, and there's just not a roster spot available for Yam Madar at this point in Boston. Again, he's, he's sort of a name to watch, but he was a little bit underwhelming, I would say, during his, uh, during his summer league performance for Boston. Let's go to Brooklyn, who had a few NBA guys or drafted guys on their roster. We have to start... Well, basically, the, the discussion begins and ends with um, Cam Thomas who was putting up some gigantic scoring numbers. That's not a surprise. He averaged, I think, 23 or 24 points per game in college, um, led all freshman scorers. That's what he does. He goes out there and he scores. He averaged 27 points in four games in Vegas. He averaged under two rebounds. Shout out to Nick Young. Two assists. He shot 42% from the field. 36% from three is fine. And people go, oh man, how did we let Cam Thomas go to the Nets? What are you all doing? Like, that's It's all well and good. The problem is he had 36% usage. There is no way in hell he is getting the ball in Brooklyn. KD, Kyrie, James Harden, they are all getting the ball before him. Yes, you can say, well, someone needs to score on the bench unit. Do you honestly think that KD, Kyrie, and James Harden are going to sit all at the same time? No. There will be injuries. Thomas will get cooked defensively, and he won't have this level of freedom. He is a good scorer. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I don't think this is some like, oh man, the Nets are title favorites now because they've got Cam Thomas because of this scoring up. It was really good. And this is what he does. He does what he does. Elise Johnson, average 12 and 10. He's 25. Like he should be dominating summer league. And I wouldn't have thought he dominated enough. Kessler Edwards signed to a two-way today. Thought he could be an interesting wing defender and shooter, but I was not particularly impressed with what he did at summer league. Marcus Zagorowski, second round pick. No roster spot available for him at this stage, and he didn't do anything to make me think he'll get one. Well, Dayron Sharp, their first round pick center, averaged eight boards, 1.3 blocks. Long way to go. I don't think he's challenging uh, Griffin or Claxton or DeAndre Jordan for minutes at this point. I didn't like him as a first round pick. He didn't really change my mind there. Uh, David Duke, averaged seven points in uh, 23 minutes. Maybe he gets a two-way on this team. He was all right. While Raekwon Gray, their second round pick, again, nothing particularly good there. I didn't think that he was or Zegarowski were really um, worthy of getting those uh, second round selections that they ended up uh, they ended up getting. But until something is worthy of you getting, that is Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor created and doctor recommended. It gives you that dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. No one wants to talk about sweaty armpits. It's gross. That's why you want to be able to do something to treat that. When you're sweating through your shirts, it can get embarrassing. Sweat block is something that you use to help prevent this problem. It is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about your sweat guaranteed. This might sound too good to be true, but all you have to do is use it once, twice, once or twice a week, and it keeps you dry the whole time. No more pitting out. Pitting out, is that a phrase? According to this, it is. No more picking your shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. And you can get it with 20% off at sweatblock.com using the promo code LOCKEDON. It's also available at Amazon and also available at CVS. Sweatblock is the product you need to keep yourself dry. If you are the hiring expert for your company, hiring can get hard. You need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resume is on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. With Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skills tests to help make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills you need. Probably wouldn't get them to do all 135 skills tests at once, but you've got a range of things that you can get them to do. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's move on to the next team now. We're going to look at the Charlotte Hornets who had a bunch of guys as well. James Booknight, their first round selection. Um, Again, I wasn't particularly high on Booknight. And this is the thing. Coming into summer league, it's such a small sample size. So the guys that I, that I wasn't high on, I'll look at them and go, eh, you didn't really do anything to change my mind. The guys that I was high on or fell in the draft, I go, shit, what were you GMs doing? And I say that 
slightly taking the piss, but also not really. You know, the guys like Sharif Cooper, like, man, what are you doing? And he impressed me to you know, so much before the draft and then during summer league that I thought all oh, you guys made mistakes. Whereas someone like Booknight, I thought it was too high for him to even go at 11. And you're talking about going at six. He didn't do enough to make me think that was worthy. And in saying that, he averaged 17 points. He shot 45 from the field. He had four assists. But my issues with him, some of the efficiency stuff, the lack of passing, the the defensive stats, the the poor, you know, he, oh, not poor rebounds. He was a good rebounder in college. All that stuff uh, showed up. And I'm not, yeah, I'm just not massively keen on him for this coming season or even in future seasons, to be honest. I don't think that he is a guaranteed future top 100 fantasy type player. But again, some of that is my bias of the way that I evaluated him heading into the draft. Kai Jones, it was all right. I thought um, almost 10 boards, 38% from a big man. It's not particularly good. Didn't hit a three, uh, missed all four of his attempts. I thought he was athletic. I still have concerns about him not knowing how to play basketball, but he was all right. Won't play too much this year. Arnotis Kaboka shot the three ball well. Another 43%. He was at 45% in Europe last year. Two-way guy, not going to play too much. While Scotty Lewis, um, again, another two-way player who was okay there. Everyone wants to talk about Leangelo Ball. He played 16 minutes on a summer league team. He hit 42% of his threes. That That is impressive for sure. So that's two and a half threes. He had a big usage, 24%. But at this point, the Hornets actually have 16 guaranteed contracts and they have two two-way signs, Scotty Lewis and Kolboka. So for Ball to get a contract, two guys need to be waived off the main roster or one of those two ways need to be waived. Ball is not as good as you think he is based on his name or his meme or his dad. And no, again, people have asked me literally whether Leangelo Ball has a chance to be a late round pick in fantasy. Like, no, he is not on a roster. JT Thor's a long way away. He flashed some things. He only played 15 minutes with eight points. Uh, I still think he should have been a first-round guy, but uh, he wasn't particularly um, yeah, wasn't particularly great here. While Vernon Carey, Nick Richards, I don't think these guys are going to remain on the roster very long. I- I'd keep Carey because he's three years younger. And then Grant Riller is a guy that I was really high on heading into the draft and was really bad last year and was really bad again in summer league. I think I just mis- mis-evaluated him, and I think he's just not good. The knee for him is a real worry, um, but yeah, again, maybe he just isn't good. I think that's a distinct possibility at this point as well. Sis, G League, regular season, and now Summer League, and he has not uh, put up big numbers at all yet. The Chicago Bulls, not a lot happening on their uh, Summer League roster. Patrick Williams was there, and this was an interesting Summer League, pretty stacked Summer League, because all of the rookies from last year, or most of the rookies from last year, yeah, try again. All the rookies from last year didn't get a summer league experience, and a lot of them played. No Edwards, no Halliburton, no Ball, but a lot of these guys did play here, and Williams is one of those. He averaged 21 and 10. He had a 31% usage. I think that's important. Now, he's going to get no usage at all in the Bulls starting light next to DeRozan, next to um, Levine, next to Vucevic, even next to Lonzo. But they put him in, and this is what's important in summer league, they put him into a role that he's not comfortable with, and he did okay. The efficiency was pretty off, 38% shooting. 44% from three is really good. And he was all right in terms of three-point volume. Not particularly good, but okay. Only 28% of his shots coming there. And defensive stats fell off. But I thought he did okay handling that role. I thought um, Marco Simonovic, who has been signed to a contract for the Bulls, he's got a chance to be a backup center, backup power forward and play minutes this year. He averaged 13 points in 20 minutes. I'd like to see some three-point shooting from him, but I thought he looked all right out there. It's not going to have a fantasy impact, but I thought he looked all right. Devin Dotson, um, I think that he could be okay. Two-way guy, brought back on another two-way this year. Average seven points, nothing particularly exciting. While Ayo DeSomno, I wasn't impressed at all. I wasn't impressed with him heading into the draft. I wasn't impressed with him when the Bulls took him. You compare him to Sharif Cooper, I think that's an absolute no-brainer. They should have taken Cooper. He shot 11% from three. He just looked slow. He looked like he couldn't get into the paint. Um, I, I don't know. I, he just he did not impress me at all. If you've got differing takes to these, please let me know what you think. But Desomnu did not impress me really uh, at all uh, during Summer League. And I think that he will struggle to be an NBA impact player or have a, a rotation role this year or even really at any point in the future. Let's go to the Cavs. A couple of big names here. Isaac Okora only played the two games. He was pretty aggressive offensively, showed some nice flashes passing, shot 59% from the field, 80 from the line, which is important, but the three-point shot is still a long way off, 29% from three for Okoro. Um, again, with Garland, Sexton, with you know, Love, Nance, Mobley, Allen, 
we saw a big performance from Okoro at the end of last season, and people are expecting him to be this huge, huge breakout guy this year. I'm just not sure that the three-point shooting's there. I know that fact. And I'm not sure that that high usage and high minutes that he carried at the end of last season really is going to carry over. I don't mind looking at him as a last-round selection for fantasy, but um, nothing here makes me think definite breakout sort of player. Evan Mobley, 11 points, 8 rebounds. Yeah, he had some struggles. The efficiency was terrible. 37% true shooting. Uh, 13% from three is really rough. Interestingly, that without a point guard on this team, and there's no point guard on this team, he still got 27% usage, so he was able to generate his own shot, which is important. They didn't go in. I thought that if if you have done a dynasty rookie draft and people are disappointed with Mobley, you might be able to extract him for a cheaper price. I am not worried that he didn't you know, perform like a dominating player in some league. It's not really set up for that sort of player. I think he's still going to be pretty good. Lamar Stevens, he's on the roster. He averaged 15 points. He's got a chance to crack a rotation spot. Uh, and Broderick Thomas, also a guy with an opportunity there. I thought Stevens was better than Thomas. While Fyundu Cabangele, um, yeah, look, he does have an interesting fantasy skill set. But yeah, he's a, he's a long way off being able to actually stay on the court long enough for that fantasy skill set to have any impact whatsoever. For the Dallas Mavericks, possibly the worst summer league team for evaluating NBA rotation guys. There's just nobody on this team. Tyrell Terry, who we barely saw last year, he played. He was a very early second round pick the year before. He averaged 16 points in his two games, but I don't really think there is a rotation role available for Tyrell this year. Um, They had Eugene Omarui, who they did sign to a two-way. He played uh, 29 minutes a game and averaged 15 points. He showed some flashes there on the wing defensively, but he's 24 already. Upside is really, really low. And then Nate Hinton, who's on a two-way, played 31 minutes. Now, Hinton is a really good rebounder for his position. That didn't translate last year, but it did here in Summer League. Seven rebounds per game for Nate Hinton. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money with Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you're going to need, brake brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. After you've done browsing Rock Auto, you're probably tired. You need some energy. You need something healthy. You need something delicious. You need a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Built Bar has uh, nine delicious flavors? Coconut, raspberry, salted caramel, strawberry, orange. Great flavors. Great tasting. They taste like a candy bar, but that's not what they are because they are delicious protein bars that are healthy for you. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 130 to 100 uh, calories, 180 calories per bar, and just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, let's go on to the Denver Nuggets. Really, when we're going to talk Denver Nuggets, it, I think, begins and ends with Bones Highland. Highland was a guy, that, again, one of those players that I thought fell too far in the draft. Um, I thought he looked pretty good out there most of the time. There is an opportunity for minutes in Denver with Jamal Murray out. Now, uh, Campazzo and Monty Morris are probably going to hold down those minutes the majority of the time. Will Barton be at the starting two? But Austin Rivers is your fourth guard. Your Highland has a chance. He averaged 20 points. He hit four threes a game. He averaged five assists. He shot 42% on his threes. He had one poor game, but played really well the others. I think he was really, really impressive here. Highland and someone that I would have yeah, much higher in dynasty drafts than now uh, his draft position. Bol Bol averaged 22 points, two threes, seven rebounds. That's great. 32 usage is absolutely impossible for him to maintain in a regular season. He probably won't be part of the rotation. He'll have the two Jay Greens, Jeff and Jermichael, as the backup big men. 
Maybe Bowl pushes there, but I think Zeke Naji is actually a better option than him. Now, Naji didn't play very well at all. In fact, he was horrendous. Seven points on 20% shooting, 7% from three. Didn't He blocked one shot in three games. He didn't get a single assist in three games. I still think Naji is a better option for the NBA game than what Bowl is. But both of those guys um, will struggle to be consistent rotation players. Uh, this season would be my guess. So yeah, limited fantasy upside. But if we're going to talk about one of them long-term for fantasy, it's going to be Najee, I think, rather than Bol. Let's look at the Detroit Pistons, where the number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. Yes, Cade Cunningham, he played, which is great. It was great to see Cade out there. His teammates shot horribly. So we look at his numbers and go, why is assist solo? It's the same thing in college, more assists than turnovers. But again, at some point, Teammates need to make shots. Assists are only assists if your teammates make the shots, especially when you're hitting them wide open for threes. He only averaged 2.3 assists, but 19 points. He shot 50% from three. He didn't get to the rim or didn't get to the line very much, which is something that needs to work on. But I thought he did what he needed to do. I think that Cunningham should be the first rookie off the board in all dynasty rookie drafts. I think that Cunningham should be the first rookie off the board in all fantasy drafts this year and has a chance to be a top 50 player. Um, Killian Hayes. The shooting numbers, again, were pretty bad. 18% from three, 32% from the field. I thought he defended well. I thought he passed well. I am 100% confident he is going to play with Cade a lot. I would be happy to take him as a flyer at the last pick of my draft, but there is a chance that they start Cade at the one. I don't think they will, but we know Dwayne Casey's going to screw us around with Corey Joseph. He's going to play Hamadou Diallo. He's going to play Josh Jackson. He's going to play Frank Jackson. He's going to mix and match guys, and it is going to be frustrating for minutes. It's probably going to be frustrating for minutes for Cade as well. But I'd be okay to take a flyer on Killian. Again, I thought there were flashes there, and there's some confidence in taking some step-back threes, but he didn't look particularly good with the shooting. I thought everything else looked pretty good. Um, Luca Garza finally did get a contract. So now you can start to ask me about whether he should be drafted in, in standard leagues. The answer is no. He got a two-way contract today. This was a great situation for Gaza. Again, he looked really good. He shot 43% on threes. The defense is always going to be a problem. The athleticism, the foot speed is going to be a problem. And I don't think he can ever be a starting center. Can he work his way to be a Jolly Local for backup center type with some range? Maybe. Does he top out at 17 minutes a night, 18 minutes a night in his career? Probably. That's absolute ceiling for Gaza. And I'm not even sure he's going to be able to stay on the court that long. 14 and 8, really strong. Great shooting numbers, great efficiency, 67 true shooting. But yeah, I, he will go way too high in um, fantasy dynasty drafts. Sadiq Bay, I'm not really sure why he was there. Interesting that he was there, but Elf Stewart wasn't. But then he shot horribly, 24% from three. He showed a little bit more in terms of self-creation and putting the ball on the floor. He's not going to have that role. And to me, I, I think his overall ceiling is quite low compared to where he is at the moment. I don't think it goes much higher. I know he's young, but he's not that young. He's 22 already. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure how high that upside is. Saban Lee played it pretty well. Yeah, but again, third string point guard behind Killian, behind Corey Joseph, behind Cunningham, in fact. Uh, 15 points per game. He was good. He was energetic. He can defend okay. I'm not particularly excited about him. While Seko Dumbaya, uh, I think he's out of Detroit, to be honest. Uh, I don't really see huge, huge um, role for him. He didn't really impress me at all here in summer league. And I was high on him in the draft, but uh, I'm pretty much out on him. While Bolsa Kapravica, a late pick there, doesn't have a contract, played one game, four minutes, and is not someone that we should give any shit about at all for fantasy. Just not, not interested. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. A couple of high-profile rookies there. When you look at Modi Moody, Modi Moody, Modi Moody, Modi Moody, Modi Moody, Modi Moody, played 24 minutes a night, had 18 points, two threes. I thought he did basically what he was advertised to do. The two-point percentage was rough, but 46% on his threes is pretty good for Modi Moody. Um... I would think that he has a real chance to be in the rotation this year ahead of, say, a Damian Lee. You're going to have, of course, Steph and Clay and Wiggins and Jordan Poole um, as the main four guards there, and Clay will miss the start of the season. Poole will start, but I think Moody can contribute immediately. I would hope he can contribute immediately. Um, not probably going to be a huge fantasy impact guy, but I thought good frame, good shooting, good defense, good scoring. I was pretty impressed there. And then the guy that, and I'm not going to call him by this nickname, but people are calling him by this nickname, the cum bucket, which is highly disrespectful. Um, Jonathan Kaminga, the shooting numbers are rough as they were in the G League. 
but high usage as it was in the G League. So we've seen him with um, you know big big usage again, just forcing the ball, um, forcing the ball into his hands. I guess is is the right way of um, putting it, um, and him doing okay with volume, but not good efficiency. Forty nine true shooting, twenty seven from three. Defensive numbers: one point six steals, 0.8 blocks. Great at attacking the rim. Is his raw skills going to translate into a rotation role immediately? I'm not convinced. He's super young. Getting to the rim was impressive. Athleticism was impressive. I'm still not super high on him. He ch- Did he change my mind a little bit? A little bit. But still that efficiency lack and some of the poor, the absolutely horrendous passing from him was things that worried me about him and they reared their head again. Gary Payton had one of the funniest missed dunks I've ever seen in my life. He went up for a reverse dunk and then hit the ball on the bottom of the rim and then just collapsed on the ground. He averaged you know, four assists, three steals, seven rebounds. Non-guaranteed contract. I don't think that gets guaranteed for the Warriors. While Justinian Jessup, second round pick from last season. Eh, I don't, yeah, not really. Played in Australia last year. Should be a three-point bomber. Wasn't. I don't really know if there's an NBA role for him as he moves forward, unfortunately, for big Justinian. Let's talk Houston because there is a lot. There's a lot happening here with uh, the Rockets. Let's go to the number one guy we're going to talk about. And that's first on my list. And that's Alperen Sengun. I thought he was great. I thought it was ridiculous that he fell to 16. I thought it was ridiculous that the Thunder traded him away. Sengun averaged 15 and 11 with three assists and three blocks. Now the overall shooting percentages, true shooting of 52 is pretty rough. 61 from the line is not good. I think that improves. I think his efficiency improves. He looked great out there. And defensively, I thought he looked much better than the some of the lazy takes on his defense would uh, would tell you. But still, Christian Wood, Daniel Tice, they are probably going to be the starters for the Rockets. Yeah, Shingun might be the first big off the bench, but a guy that played nearly all of his minutes at the four last year is the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. I would love for Shengun to play 25 minutes a game this season. I would, in fact, prioritize it. But I'm not 100% sure that happens. Like the numbers here are really good, and they fall in line with his Turkish numbers. Maybe he gets a chance. Maybe you take him with a late pick. I think he's more likely to be a guy that in February, when Christian Wood is injured or he's traded, which I think is a big possibility, that Shengun starts the last two months of the season. But I think we need to be careful in terms of overrating what he did here. But it was impressive, as was Jalen Green, who averaged 20 points in 24 minutes. Not much else. And this is part of what I think the issue is going to be with Green for fantasy this year. 20 points, but two assists, one steal in three games, no blocks. 93 from the line is great. 51 from the field is great. He struggled when he was matched up against Cade in terms of defensively and efficiency. I don't know whether they're going to start him. They could start him at three. He is way too thin to play at the three. Maybe they start him and bring Kevin Porter off the bench so Porter can play more point guard. I think Green is worthy of a fantasy pick this year. I think he probably should be the third or fourth guy off the board in dynasty drafts. I still have Mobley ahead of him because of the way some of their fantasy games profile. He can be a really good scorer, but can he bring the other parts of his game? I thought his passing was pretty impressive here, Green, which is important. And he's going to get lots of minutes this season. Um, and if Wall is traded, bought out, it's a lot to buy out. It's like $85 million to buy out. Uh, and again, a trade's going to be tough. The injuries is probably what you're more hoping for, not that you're hoping for injuries, but in terms of to give Green a larger role. Uh, he's going to have a role, but it won't be pushed high enough immediately. I didn't put Kenyon Martin Jr. on my list here. He played pretty well, but he's another guy who, you know, if we talk about Shingun, Martin Jr. played well at the end of last season, but how many minutes can he actually get this year? I thought Usman Garuba defended well, but he's a long way off offensively. He probably won't play each night. Well, Josh Christopher was really tenacious defensively. He averaged 16-4-4. He shot horribly, and that's going to be some of the concern for him, 15% from three, and probably not a rotation spot for him immediately to begin this year. Kyrie Thomas did well in like three games at the end of last year. Don't expect him to play much, while Matthew Hurt uh, on a two-way, eh, maybe as a stretch four, and then Anthony Lamb. Uh, a guy, again, that was playing a lot last year. I don't expect him to be a guy that plays a significant amount this season. Guys, I just realized how absolutely long this podcast is going to be. So strap yourselves in, get a built bar, get a couple of coffees, because um, we've got a lot of teams still to go. Let's talk about the Indiana Pacers. Um, old man Chris Duarte 
what I was really impressed with, with Duarte here in, uh, not here in Vegas, because I'm not there, unfortunately, um, in Vegas was defensive stats. 2.5 steals, 1.8 blocks. He averaged 18 points. He shot 48% from three. Really good. He averaged you know, four rebounds, four assists. I thought he was one of the most impressive players out there. But again, like just because he's 24 years of age doesn't mean he can do this at the NBA level. And how do we find this rotation role? Brogdon starts. Lavert starts. TJ Warren starts. TJ McConnell comes off the bench. So can Duarte be the backup shooting guard? Well, does that mean we just don't play Jeremy Lamb? Does it mean we don't play Edmund Sumner? Probably. Does it mean we don't play Justin Holiday? Or Justin Holiday plays 14 minutes a night only backing up TJ Warren? It's hard to find a large enough role for Duarte. Maybe he can be a rotation guy. That, that would literally mean Lamb and Sumner don't play every night though. Or TJ McConnell doesn't play every night, which is just not going to happen. Um, but it was impressive to see his uh, defensive stats. O'Shea Brissett, who I do think will be a rotation guy, he really exploded at the end of last year. And what the thing that I banged on about him was is the block rate is not real and the three-point shooting is not real. He blocked one shot in the two games he played and shot 15% from three. Now, not to say that that's real either, but that ties into more of what we, not more of what we expect, but some of those numbers he put up at the end of last year were absolutely unreal in terms of they're not realistically being able to be continued. Isaiah Jackson, and Tommy recording this, he just finished a game where he had seven blocks. Impressive, unbelievably impressive block numbers. But Sabonis, Miles Turner, Gogo Badadze, O'Shea Brissett, is Jackson going to play? Maybe it facilitates a trade knowing that he's there, but he is a long way off. Keep an eye on him, though, because he does have some good fantasy value long-term. Cassius Stanley was all right for this team. He doesn't have a co- uh, contract currently. He could get a two-way one, but I wouldn't be too excited there. Well, Dwayne Washington has the second uh, two-way. He scored all right, but again, nothing too exciting. And Kiefer Sykes is signed to a deal. He's 27. He won't make the final roster, would be uh, would be my guess there with old, uh, old Kiefer. Um. Let's talk LA Clippers. A few interesting players on this team, and I'm going to mention that first guy there, and that's Daniel Laturu. I don't think I'm not going to talk too much about the Eric Bledsoe, Patrick Beverly deal at the moment. We'll talk about more of that in in future days. But I've got Daniel Laturu on this list because he was playing for the Clippers team, and then he was traded to the Grizzlies. Now, Laturu won't make the roster in Memphis. They have already got too many guaranteed contracts. I don't think he's very good at all, like not even remotely close to good. Um... He did average 11 and, and 10 here, but uh, yeah, three blocks is, is good. I don't think he's that good though. Jay Scrub played 30 minutes, 13 points. He will take shots. There is no doubting that, but with Eric Bledsoe, Reggie Jackson, uh, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann. Yeah, Scrub is on a two-way again. He's not going to play most nights. Uh, Brandon Boston Jr. showed some interesting three-point shooting, especially from the corner, but overall just shot 30% from three and 40% overall. They were his problems in Kentucky. There's no real rotation role available for him. Jason Preston. Preston. I like that guy. Preston. I thought he impressed it a bit. Seven points is not great. Five assists is good. No real rotation role for him at this spot, but just a name to watch long-term. While Keon Johnson's shooting was, was horrible. 36% true shooting. He shot 19% from three. He showed athleticism. He played a lot of minutes, but again, just a long way from a rotation role. Good pick from them at that spot, but I actually lost a little bit of value. I think he lost some value in my eyes with how he played, but he was always going to be raw. Well, Amir Coffey, who did some interesting things for the Clippers uh, on this team a couple of times when given that opportunity. Um, yeah, he's probably not going to get too much of a chance. I don't even, is he even on the roster? I'm not even sure he's even on the roster at this point. The LA Lakers, again, much like the Dallas Mavericks, one of the most boring uh, summer league teams to evaluate from a prospect perspective. Just not a lot happening there. Their two-way guys did play, and they still have some some open roster spots. I think they've only got 13 guys signed to contracts at this point. So they have some um, they have some open roster spots. Austin Reeves is one of their two-way guys. I thought he was all right out there, but nothing that makes me super excited. Jolly Yayi, I think, was actually pretty disappointing. He's a two-way guy. 15% from three. He didn't really flash at all. Chaundy Brown is signed at the moment on an Exhibit 10. Maybe he can get that final roster spot. And the same goes with Mac McClung. But just absolutely nobody really on this Lakers team shone to me. And I don't think there's anything to be super excited about with any of those prospects. And even if they make the roster, they're not making any noise whatsoever. Let's go on to the Memphis Grizzlies. And a lot of guys on this team who can have some fantasy impact, I think. Um, Desmond Bain. 
was too good for Summer League. 22 minutes a night, four assists, four rebounds, one steal. I worry a little bit that his minutes will be... Now, He it was good that Grayson Allen was gone, but now Patrick Beverly's there. I don't think Rajon Rondo is going to remain in Memphis. So Beverly there, I think, limits what Bain can do. Again, your bench is now Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain, Patrick Beverly, DeAnthony Melton. Like, how is there enough minutes for all of these guys to have an impact? Bain was great. 50% from three, 22 points per game. Like, they were, they, they're great numbers. But it seems unlikely to me he's going to be able to have a fantasy impact this year. The cashier, Xavier Tillman, 14 and eight. Nice numbers. I would be interested to see them start him and Jaron Jackson instead of Stephen Adams. They probably won't. He's just a name to watch. I think that him and Jackson could be a really good front court pairing for this team. John Conchard did what he does. Unbelievable rebound numbers. Great block and steal numbers. He just won't play enough. Well, Killian Tilly showed showed something. 12 points. Shot the three ball well. Moved well, especially with his injuries. Really, really good to see. Sam Merrill. Um, yeah, he came across in the Grayson Allen trade. He was fine. Zaire Williams. Yeah, really rough efficiency. Hated the pick at 10. Nothing here changes my mind about that. He's got some explosion as an athlete, but yeah, I didn't like the pick. I don't, you know, my opinion on him hasn't changed. He's not going to impact things this year. Well, Santi Aldama was one of the worst prospects there, I think. 13% from three, seven points, 19% overall, eight rebounds. Hard to find a role for him this season with Clark, Jackson, uh, Adams, Tillman. They're all ahead of him. And then Sean McDermott, who's on a two-way again. He averaged 12 points. He showed some things, I thought, McDermott. He wasn't um, completely disastrous, but yeah, not someone who's ever going to have too much of a fantasy impact. Let's talk Miami Heat. I guess the big name, big name, well, the big performance for the Miami Heat was Omer Yurtseven, who um, earned himself a contract with the Heat. He played really well. Yurtseven averaged 22 and 11. He blocked two shots. He shot 36% from three. There is a backup center role in Miami. Now, Markeith Morris and Dwayne Dedman are currently in that spot. But Yurtseven, there's a chance that he could overtake Dedman and maybe even Morris. Keep an eye on him. He's not going to be a fantasy guy this year, but keep an eye. Well, I think Max Struess, who averaged 22 points in 31 minutes, he hit four and a half threes a game. I think he's a rotation player. They're going to have Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson starting. You have Tyler Hero off the bench. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Um, and then you have Victor Oladipo, who's not going to be ready. I think Struess has that final roster spot. I think there's a, there was a chance for Casey Okpala to get a roster spot. He was really bad. 24% shooting. I just No defensive stats. I, I don't think that he is anywhere close to NBA ready at this point. And I, I'm not sure he's actually close to NBA caliber as a prospect. Pretty disappointing for a guy that was a high second round pick. Could be wrong on that. But I'm just not really feeling that for Okpala. Let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks. Thought Jordan Wara. Um, staked his claim for a rotation spot. Now, one of those spots could be Shemi Ojale's. Let's hope it isn't. But there is a chance for Nwora to get in there as a backup wing on this team. Um, and with some really hot shooting, I think that's that's a good move. He averaged 20 points. He only shot 18% from three on 38 usage. Now, both of those numbers should change. The three-point shooting will go up. The usage will go down. And he's not going to do too much. He's not going to score like this in the regular season. But I think he could, he's done enough to earn a rotation role. Their number 60 pick, which they who they signed to a contract and they never should have, Georgios Kalatzakis, he averaged 10 points in 19 minutes. Yeah, that's fine. I don't really see it with him. Um, two-way guy, Sandro Mamakalashvili, played 28 minutes, 9 and 9. Good numbers. He was a good numbers guy in college. I would have much preferred him on a full-time contract versus Kalatzakis. But they went Mamakalashvili into the two-way. He is a guy that's more, worth more than that two-way contract. While Mamadi Diakati, I'm not convinced that Diakati um, remains on the roster. He's got a non-guaranteed deal, and they do need to cut someone, and it could be him that goes. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it could very easily be Diakiti that uh, ends up having to be cut by the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's talk Minnesota. Of course, Anthony Edwards, Goose. He wasn't there. Where's my Goose song? I've got to find my old songs. Um, not a surprise there, but a rookie from last year who was really impressive and should be absolutely the hands-down favorite to be the starting power forward on this team is Jaden McDaniels. 
Good to see a player like that show that he's too good for summer league. Blocks, steals, points, rebounds. Didn't shoot the ball well, but yeah, he's going to be out there. He's going to start. I hope that Finch will give him 30 minutes a night. I'm not sure that he will because one show's around. Torian Prince is there. Another name into the mix. Jared Vanderbilt likely comes back. McDaniels is an interesting late round fly, but I'm just not sure there's enough there for him to be a great fantasy guy this year, but there's a chance. Jalen Noel, we know that he's a guy that gets the ball in his hands and scores. 33 usage, 22 points per game. Just doesn't have that opportunity in the NBA. Well, they're two-way guys. McKinley Wright averaged uh, 7, 5, and 3.5 and with 2.5 steals. Good steals numbers. Nathan Knight was explosive, 14, 5, and 4. I think Knight has a chance to actually be better than Naz Reed, their backup center at the moment. Keep an eye on Nathan Knight. I think there is some value in him long-term and for deeper leagues. He's already 24, but just keep an eye on him. The New Orleans Pelicans, um, news coming out today, they have just signed Josh Hart, which does make that backcourt rotation pretty crowded. I believe they'll start Devontae Graham and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think that they'll bring Kyra Lewis and Josh Hart off the bench, but there's also Thomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, plus guys who played well in summer league here, Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall. Players are going to have to miss out. Maybe it's probably should be Temple who's not the rotation guy, but Murphy and Marshall, someone there needs uh, needs to miss out. And they were both really good. I think Murphy was better. Murphy was a guy that I thought went a little bit too late in that draft. I probably would have picked him like 13, 14. He went at 17, which was you know, probably a little bit late, but you know, a solid pick. And I thought he looked really good out there, Trey Murphy. 16 points, seven rebounds, three threes, 44% shooting. Marshall was just as good, 16 and 10, with one and a half threes on good shooting numbers as well. But uh, hard to find both of those guys getting enough minutes to be valuable. Kyra Lewis is a guy that I'm high on, but I don't think he was particularly good. The five and a half assists is solid. The shooting numbers are still not there. Um, good steal numbers. And that's why I really like him for fantasy as well. Good assists, good steals. But uh, I worry that the heart signing does cut into some of his playing time this year. And Herb Jones, uh, they just signed to a contract as well. Three-year deal. There'll be some non-guarantees on that, I'm sure. Defended really well. 1.8 steals, 1.3 blocks. Really good numbers. Yeah, offensively, there is a bit to go for Jones, but I thought he showed uh, showed out pretty well. I thought Didi Lazada struggled. Offense, I think, is going to be an absolute um, limiting factor for him, and that's going to mean he doesn't play that much. While uh, Jose Alvarado and Dalton Holmes, they're two two-way guys, they didn't do enough for me to make me go, well, they should be getting more than two-way contracts at any point, at any time soon, unfortunately for them. Let's go on to the New York Knickerbockers. Obi Toppin, really good stuff from him. You know, you know, I shit on Obi Toppin a lot, and I shit on the pick. I think the pick was terrible. I know that Obi Toppin's older, um, but he averaged 23-8. and eight. He shot 36% from three. He averaged a block per game. That's all well and good in Summer League. And I saw an article, oh, a big year coming. They're, they're going to be able to cut Julius Randle down to 33 minutes. And I literally almost pissed my pants laughing. Do you think Tom Thibodeau is going to limit Julius Randle to 33 minutes so he can play a no-defense second-year player? Oh, he can play center. He can, but that would mean Nerlens Noel, Taj Gibson, and Mitchell Robinson don't play center. So while Toppen looked much better and he played well in summer league, there's just not enough room for him to get this big, big spike in minutes, I don't believe. And I would be absolutely flabbergasted if he starts playing 20 minutes a night. Maybe it happens. Maybe he's too good to keep off the floor. I don't think he is, but maybe he is. Um... Thought Juice McBride was really impressive. Now, he's a rookie, so he's probably not going to play a huge amount, but defensively, he was good. He shot well, 46% from three. Real steal, I think, at that point in the draft. Looked great to me. And um, you're not going to get rotation minutes much this year because there are a lot of guards. Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker, Derek Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Burks. Yeah, a long way from getting minutes there. Same goes for Quentin Grimes, who averaged 13 points with three threes. Good to see him shooting the ball well, but just not a, a rotation role available. Let's talk quickly. Who was too good for Summer League? 22 points, 8 assists, 2 steals. Still shot bad, which is a worry. 25% from 3, 38% overall. And people will want to draft him in fantasy again, but Kemba, Fournier, Derek Rose is quickly the fourth guard on this team, or is he the fifth behind Alec Burks, who maybe can play some small forward, even though Burks probably is better suited to be a point guard. So while we look at this, quickly we'll have some good usage off the bench bench, but he was a low assist guy with poor field goal percentage. I just don't think there's enough minutes upside for him. There will be injuries, but would you draft Emmanuel quickly in round 12, hold on to him, and then wait for Kimber to get injured? That's just not a move that has a lot of sense in it to me. Jericho Sims, pretty solid 
big, big 88% field goals, athletic center type player. Um, yeah, he's not going to play at all this year. Well, Rockus Jokubaitis is going back to Europe, and Luca Vildoza, who is a player on the roster somehow, he played six minutes in some league. I, I'm not sure that Vildoza actually makes it through the roster um, and at the start of the season. He was pretty poor, but yeah, I'm, just, I'm just not sure. With all those other guards, I'm not sure what the point of him there is. Let's go on to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see much of Josh Giddy. He only played five minutes in that first game. Started off with this big aggressive attack dunk on the first play of the game. We know, oh, all right, let's go, Josh. And then hurt his ankle, and we never saw him after that again. So very hard to judge what you know, what we make of Giddy. Nothing is going to change from my evaluation before. The shooting is going to be a worry, but and defensively, he could be a worry, but I think the passing strong. I think he's going to start really early on this season ahead of uh, the Salt Flake for your Maladon, um, and probably be an interesting late-round fantasy pick. Aaron Wiggins, two-way guy for them, average 11 points, probably not a rotation role. I'm not convinced he's an NBA player. While Maladon had nine points with six assists and, again, horrendous shooting numbers, 28% from the field, 29% from three from Maladon. He's going to get minutes this year, but it might be less than last year. I thought Jeremiah Robinson Earl was probably their most impressive player. 11 and seven, one and a half steals, one block. There's real Rudy Gay stat line energy with this guy. Just good numbers across the board. Baisley. Pokashevsky playing a lot of your minutes at the four. Don't be surprised if Robinson Earl is a better player than Baisley. And people will look at that and go, oh, yeah, Baisley, but yeah, Baisley, Baisley's Baisley, and he started. He's That's right, but Robinson Earl was the 32nd pick in a stronger draft or Baisley was picked 28th well, a couple of years ago. All right, so it ve- it's very easily that Robinson Earl could become, I think he'd be a better fantasy player than Baisley as well. Very easily he could become uh, a better player. Just a, a name to keep an eye on. Trey Mann didn't impress me at all while he was there. He averaged nine points in two games, had to leave for personal reasons. Hope everything's okay with him. Charlie Brown and Josh Hall, I don't really think they are NBA caliber players and they don't really do much to stand out to me at Summer League, which is what you need to do. Well, not to stand out to me, but you need to stand out in general. Let's go to the Orlando Magic. I was super impressed with Jalen Suggs here. I think Suggsy is going to be a starter from day one. He averaged 15 and 6, 1.7 steals. He blocked a shot. His true shooting was only 51, so he had some efficiency issues, but I just thought he looked calm in control. He played only 22 minutes a night. He had a thumb sprain, which ended his summer league, but I thought he was great. I think that he is going to be the second best rookie this season ahead of Jalen Green. I think he's probably going to be a top 100 guy. I'd be okay with drafting him in that 90 to 100 type range. There is still some mess in terms of what happens in that rotation. Does he start? Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony. Like, I don't know where the minutes go, but Suggs is clearly the best out of that group to me. And they should give him those minutes. Cole Anthony, yeah, he wasn't great. The shot was way off. Um, a lot of people, oh, I don't think how they can work together. I think they can fit together pretty fine. And I, I think they will end, actually start the season together. And then Fultz will probably replace Cole Anthony. I think drafting Cole Anthony will be a mistake in fantasy. Franz Wagner, 21 minutes, eight points. People were disappointed with Wagner. I thought he looked fine. Like he's never going to be a standout high usage player. I thought he was fine. He's got an opportunity to be a rotation guy this year behind Okiki and behind Isaac. I think long-term, he's got more upside than Okiki. Um, he's never going to be an absolute blow-you-away stats guy or high-usage guy, but we'll get assists, we'll get steals, we'll get blocks. Hopefully, we'll start to hit threes. Obviously, the shooting was horrendous here, 15%, and that was a problem for him at Michigan as well. Um, but I thought he did what he needed to do. Iggy Brzdakis, two-way guy. He showed some flashes at the end of last season, at least a deeper league guy to watch. And RJ Hampton, Seven points in 22 minutes. Just finding enough minutes for him on this rotation. They should just get Gary Harris out of the rotation completely. But even then, it's still Fultz, Anthony, and Suggs with Hampton as the fourth guy there when Fultz is back. Showed some flashes. I think Hampton could very easily be better than Cole Anthony. And I think that... Is that outrageous? I don't think that's an outrageous statement. So if I was choosing between those two in Dynasty, if I was taking a flyer, I think the upside for Hampton is higher than Anthony. But again, Suggs is that... That number one guy out of that group. For the Philadelphia 76ers, really impressed with Tyrese Maxey. And a lot of people ask me, you know, Tyrese Maxey, is he going to be a draftable guy? Well, at the moment, you know, Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, Danny Green, like they're getting all of those minutes. All right, Maxey will get minutes, but he'll have to share with also Shake Milton. I think he was ahead of Shake Milton already. But if Simmons is gone, there is a chance that Maxey starts. There's also a chance that another guard comes back and Maxey doesn't start. But he averaged 26 points in 29 minutes. 
I thought it was a steal at the time when they drafted him. His efficiency was great outside of the three-point shooting, but still had 61 true shooting. Really impressed with what Tyrese Maxey did. And I think his dynasty stock rises pretty significantly after this uh, summer league. Well, not that it, yeah. Yeah, it should rise in the, the eyes of many. You know I had him pretty high, and I thought it was a steal for the Sixers to get him where they did uh, last season. Um, B-Ball Paul. Terrible nickname, but good player. 17 and 12 for Paul Reed. Two and a half steals, two and a half blocks. This is why we love Paul Reed as a fantasy guy. He should be getting the minutes over George Nyang this year. I think he can play backup center. Maybe he does it better than Andre Drummond. Just quietly. Probably doesn't. But I want to see him in the rotation. If he ever gets a starting role, which again, behind Embiid and Harris, he's not doing. But just keep an eye on Paul Reed. I think he can develop into a rotation player. I think he can develop into a a low-end starter. Isaiah Joe suffered an injury. Um, Got up a lot of threes. Got up a lot of threes last year as well. 10 threes a game in Summer League. Hit four of them. Some real value, I think, that there is a chance that he could also overtake Shake Milton. I'm not a big Shake Milton guy. Aaron Henry, second year, or sorry, not second year, two-way guy on the wing, showed some interesting defense, but not much there. Ray John Tucker, not sure that he is an NBA player. While Philip Petrusev, or Petrusev, he did all right. We didn't see Charles Bassey, unfortunately. Um, Petrusev averaged four points, two blocks. Not sure there's a roster spot for him this year. And then we go on to Jaden Springer, who was a first-round pick. He was a little bit rough in terms of shooting. I still like Springer. I like Maxi more than Springer. Um, but Springer didn't show huge amounts here in terms of the shooting numbers, which is what we wanted to see. But I thought he looked the part of at least an NBA backup point guard in a couple of years, which is not, yeah, not high praise, but it's still something. The Suns didn't have a huge amount for us to look at, but a guy that was really, really bad last year, Jalen Smith, I thought did well in Summer League. He um, had to share the court with a guy named Jalen Smith, which is uh, confusing in its own right. But Jalen Smith averaged 16 and 12. He didn't block any shots and he shot poorly, but there is a chance for him to at least push for backup minutes this year with JaVale McGee as the backup center. At this point, McGee is way better. But Smith at least showed something. I'm still, maybe is he a backup four? Well, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder are getting those minutes. I still don't think, I think it was a horrible pick at pick 10, but he showed some flashes here. Tyshawn Alexander's on a two-way. He didn't do enough for me to make me think that he is any sort of um, any sort of fantasy option or NBA player, to be honest, uh, in the future. Let's go on to the Portland Trailblazers who uh, have a curious way of deciding to develop players. They've always had this. They you know, don't send guys. They don't have a G League team. They don't send players to the G League. They think the best rookie development is playing those guys two games off the bench and having them sit and watch. And maybe that's true. But you're, when you're starting Emmanuel Moutier, Michael Beasley, and Kenneth Freed in your summer league team, like you are just taking the absolute piss. Um, if Moutier didn't do anything to make me think. And there, and think these are recognizable names. There are plenty of people out there. Man, Blazers, we need to sign Ken Fareed so we can get defense in our second unit. Defense, have you watched Kenneth Fareed? He is not, he's not good. Michael Beasley, he can get buckets on anyone. He's 33 years of age. Like, what the hell are you doing? No, please do not sign these guys. Moutier struggled as well. That's not to say that the guys who are actually on their roster, like CJ Allaby, played well because they didn't. Greg Brown? Um, did he do well? He blocked some shots. I don't think he's a good player at this point. And Trendon Watford, their two-way two guy, averaged six points in 22 minutes. Just, uh, is clusterfuck the right word for the way that they use their summer league roster? I don't know. It was real weird, and I didn't really get anything positive to take away from that. Chemezi Metu on the Sacramento Kings actually suspended for the summer league finale after punching, uh, I think, EJ Onu in the face. Or was it or was it Eugene Amarumi? Oh, I can't remember who it was. Anyway, he punched someone. He's going to be out. There, um, Metu, the Kings now have six centers on their roster. So that's great. They've got Rashawn Holmes, Alex Len, Tristan Thompson, Damian Jones, Chemezi Metu, Nemius Kader, and Marvin Bagley as the seventh center. So I don't know what the hell they're doing with their roster. Metu flashed last year. He can play a little bit at the four. Um, he was all right here in Summer League, but nothing particularly noteworthy. I, I wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't have thought. Nothing that makes me think, yeah, big rotation role coming. Um, Louis King, two-way guy. Jacked up shots, had some off-court issues for sure. Good steal rate. Not not convinced he's an NBA rotation guy. I don't think Jamias Ramsey is. I don't think Robert Woodard is. Yeah, Ramsey showed some improvement, but still, I'm not convinced. Well, Davion Mitchell, the good games people highlighted, the bad games people ignored. The shooting issues, yeah, 40% from three. 
That's really good. Didn't take a huge amount of threes and shot 43% from the line. He generated some good steals, but 13 points at 27 minutes. I'm, I'm, I don't think there's... I hated the pick. I still hate the pick. I think he can be a pesk defensively. He's too small. I'm not convinced about him offensively, and there's no role for him really this year. There's no large enough role this year. I thought Cato showed what he can do, blocking shots, grabbing boards, um, but again, no real role there for him this season given the uh, millions of centers that they have on the roster. Currently, let's go to the San Antonio Spurs. Obviously, a lot of the focus was going to be on what the hell Josh Primo did, but he wasn't the most impressive player for the Spurs, I would say that would go to Trey Jones, who averaged 23 points with six assists. Now, not really sure where Jones fits into the rotation. Will he play over Bryn Forbes as a backup point guard? God, I hope so. But there's no guarantee that he does that. Um, I thought, yeah, he was really good here. He was too good for Summer League, which is great. And Devin Vassell's in that backcourt mix as well, who averaged 16 and 5. Vassell, I would have liked to have seen more from him in some league, and that's a bit disappointing. Josh Primo averaged 14 points in 25 minutes. He showed a little bit of creation. He blocked some shots. He's not going to play really much at all this year, but he was all right. I still don't think it was worthy of that pick, but he was okay. Well, Joe uh, Weisskamp, uh, yeah, 8 points, 24 minutes. Not signed to a contract. I think he gets a two-way, but... You would hope that a guy that comes in as a shooter can hit more than 24% from three. He didn't, um, and I'm not convinced he's going to be able to develop into an NBA rotation player uh, at this point. We'll see. Maybe he can. We're closing in on an hour here. Only three teams to go. Let's talk about the Toronto Raptors. Malachi Flynn looked great. Um, he is a, he is a rotation player this year. I don't think there's really, or there shouldn't be any debate about that. What that role is remains to be seen. There's still Van Vliet and Gary Trent, and Goran Dragic on this on this roster. I think that Flynn's a better player than Gary Trent, to be honest, but I'm not sure that the Raptors will agree with me. He averaged 17, 5, and 3 with 1.5 steals, but before we start looking at him as this massive breakout fantasy guy, where are the minutes? Dragic would need to get bought out for that to be the case. Um, Scotty Barnes, again, people... Re- uh, and this, again, is a little bit of my bias coming in because I didn't like the pick at four, but people, every I would tweet someone had a good game and every Raptors fan, what about Scotty Barnes? What about Scotty Barnes? What about Scotty Barnes? And then, of course, they were quiet when he had a shithouse game. But overall, the numbers are right. 15, 7, and 3, a steal, two blocks. That's what he does. He shot poorly, 27% from three. He hit his free throws and got to the line, which is encouraging. He will have a rotation role as a backup behind uh, Ananobi and you know, a backup behind Siakam. Siakam may not be ready to start this season. I don't think they'll throw Barnes in as a starter, but I wouldn't put it past them. And maybe he can be a last-round draft pick. I don't think it'll be the case. And he was enough for me to go, look, I had him still as a top-10 player in the draft, so I don't think he was terrible. Um, and he was he was impressive defensively for sure with his vision as well. But the shooting and offense is going to remain a problem, I think, for Barnsley. Uh, Ishmael Wainwright, yeah, older player, 27, 8 points. I don't think he's going to have any sort of rotation role. Well, Precious Achua came across after the trade, averaged 17 and 7. Really good numbers. I don't think Precious is particularly good. There is still Birch and Boucher, but I could see Nurse using him in the rotation and limiting both Birch and Boucher. I don't think Birch is going to be a draftable guy. Boucher will be, but and Achua is just, he's a name to watch. Delano Banton, who they signed to a, a uh, actual real contract, which is baffling to me. He didn't do anything to make me think he should be getting one of those. Justin Champagny. Two-way guy, yep, nothing exciting there. Well, Fred Gillespie, remember how well he played at the end of the season? He blocked shots, shot 22% from the field, and um, yeah, he's going to be out of the rotation, I think, most nights. And David Johnson as a two-way guy also really, really struggled with his shot. I uh, still think he's better than, than uh, Delano Banton is, but yeah, nothing there that makes me think you're yeah, a future star or future starter or future rotation guy. The Utah Jazz, Trent Forrest, averaged 16 points, seven assists. He's back on another two-way. He filled in all right last year when he had to, but don't count too much on uh, on what he can do there. Um, who else do we have for Utah? Uh, Elijah Hughes on that list, second-round player last year, 15 points here. He at least shot the ball well, 47% from three. Really hard to see how there's any chance that he gets a rotation role, but at least he was able to shoot well. Uh, as a Bioke, as a backup center, he's a third stringer behind Whiteside. He blocked shots and had a high field goal percentage, which has real fantasy relevance, 85% from the uh, field here, but just won't play enough for that to be important. Jarrell Brantley, yeah, he's back again. I don't really think he's an NBA guy. While Messi Teague averaged nine points. He's assigned to an Exhibit 10. Maybe he's able to get a roster spot. I'm not 
convinced that he is NBA caliber, but he is an, a guy that has an ability to uh, to score. And then let's go to the last team, and this team, not a lot to really talk about, let's be honest. Corey Kispert on the Washington Wizards was their first-round pick. He did not impress me at all. I didn't like the pick at the time. This is not a situation that's really set up for him. He does need guys to set him up, and there was just a bunch of guys trying to get their own shot. Kispert hit two and a half threes a game on 35%, but rotation minutes for him. Okay, so Beal and Dinwiddie start. Then there's KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Denny Avdia, Rui Hachimura, Davis Bertans, where does Kispert get minutes? Really, really tough to see how uh, Corey Kispert can get minutes on this team from day one. Isaiah Todd, I'm uh, not going to get minutes either. I didn't really see huge amounts there. There's some good athleticism, but the shooting was off. And then Jay Huff and Jordan Goodwin, they have chances to get their two ways. Uh, nothing particularly exciting for really anyone on this Wizards um, summer league team. That'll do it. An hour done on the show. Apologies for going long. If you have made it to the end, just give me a shout out by um, in the comments on YouTube, mentioning either Devon Akun Purcell or Xavier Rathan Mays. Write one of those in the comments. Guys, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Tell me what you think. Ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.